We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Some big-time programs are coming after one of the top commits in Oregon football's 2024 recruiting class. What's next, and what should the concern level be for Duck fans? We'll talk about that and a whole lot more on today's episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. And we're back like we never left. Oregon fans, what's going on? Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. Just in case you're new here, I'm your host, Max Torres, publisher and lead editor of Ducks Digest, covering the Oregon Ducks on Fan Nation, part of the Sports Illustrated Network. It is Saturday, March 4th. 2023 we got a lot of things going on in the football world we have the nfl scouting combine uh, over in indianapolis going on Um, we have some recent coaching hires that happened for oregon and we are coming out of the recruiting dead period as the month of march gets underway which is why i think it's so appropriate that we have a recruiting focused episode uh for you guys today you guys know how much i love covering recruiting that's a, you know, one of the main reasons that I moved out to Southern California, but I have a big update that we want to kind of get into with one of Oregon football's top commits, and that is 2024 offensive tackle Fox Crater from Evergreen High School in Vancouver, Washington. He's been making a lot of headlines lately because, quite frankly, he is blowing up on the recruiting trail right now. His recruitment is, is you know, kind of blossoming, if you want to call it that. Uh, It's going more national than it has ever been before uh, because you got some pretty big time offers coming in. Most recent offers that we're going to be focusing on in today's episode, you have offers coming in from Georgia, the back-to-back national champions, Texas A&M. We know what they've done on the recruiting trail lately, maybe not the most on-field success, but they can recruit with the best of them. And you also have uh, Auburn with Hugh Freeze, the new head coach over there. And then uh, Pitt is another new school out in the ACC that hopped in the recruitment of Fox Crater. Let's give a little bit of background on Fox Crater for those of you that maybe aren't super familiar with who he is as a player or as a, as a prospect. We're actually going to go ahead and throw on some film here while we get you up to speed on the six foot six, 285 pound Oregon offensive tackle commit. Here we have his uh, junior highlights from the 2022 season playing out in the state of Washington. Fox Crater is a name that uh, if you follow Oregon recruiting, you probably have known about for for quite a while, right? He was actually the second commit 
to hop on board with Dan Lanning and the rest of the coaching staff in Oregon's 2024 recruiting class, announcing his initial verbal commitment to Oregon back in November of 2022. He was the second commit following the commitment of A.J. Pugliano, the in-state tight end out of the state of Oregon, out of uh, North Medford, I want to say. Um, so this is a guy who's obviously very well acquainted with Oregon. I remember when he initially committed to Oregon, it wasn't a huge surprise seeing that he had been at nearly every home football game for the Ducks in 2022. So there was obviously a lot of interest in what Dan Lanning was building. But now, now you have some new programs that are hopping on board. Uh, and we're going to talk about kind of how that has changed his recruitment and some of the latest updates that I myself was able to get from Fox Crater uh, in a recent interview. I have my full story and full interview posted over on DucksDigest.com. Make sure to go over and give that a read if you want the full quotes. I'm obviously going to dig into the interview and what stood out here, but wanted to make sure I let you guys know about that. Just to give a little bit of background before we really dive uh dive deep into this, uh, you know, recruitment, look at, uh, let's look at some of this tape here with Fox Crater. I think some of the things that really stand out to him is that he is a dominant run blocker. He's a guy that once he gets his hands on you, there's, there's not much a defender can do, you know, it's, it's on from there. Uh, he really excels as a run blocker. You can see him just absolutely barreling over people, sometimes even his own teammates. I'm sure that's not his intention, but he is a mauler in the run game and absolutely excels in that facet of his game really good uh, with double teams. I think he also excels at getting to the second level. So it's really important to get a guy that can not only handle his assignment, dominate the guy in front of him, but then he's hungry for more. He's climbing to the next level of the defense, getting to those linebackers in some instances, even getting to those defensive backs. Uh, but Fox crater, I think one thing that stands out to me is that I feel like I, I would have maybe wanted to see a little bit more tape, from his junior year uh, when he's pass blocking, you know, he does well and he has a couple of samples, you know, here and there, but I think the evergreen offense at least looks like it's pretty run heavy. So that's why you see a lot of his tape mainly coming in the run game, but he's also got that just dog mentality and that physicality that you want, you know, pancakes on pancakes, finishing blocks, just a, a nasty guy uh, inside uh, on, on the, the offensive line. And I think he even put on some decent weight during his junior season, checking in at 6'6", 285 now. So that's definitely uh, a real good spot for an offensive lineman to be coming into the college level. And he still has more time to even add some more weight during the uh, offseason and his senior season. Um, but yeah, that's kind of just where things stand a little bit as far as what kind of a guy, what kind of a player on the field the Ducks are getting. Uh, but now we got to get into the story, you know, the recruitment, because it is absolutely picking up. Like I talked about offers from Georgia, Texas, A&M, Auburn and Pitt recently entering the mix. And I kind of just asked him what his reaction was to some of those offers. And, and I really liked his response uh, because it was a, a mix of humility, but also had a hint of confidence there. You know, he was saying that, you know, I've been working my tail off. You know, I just keep my head down and work. My coach was telling me that he was uh, showing my film to some of these other schools. And uh, more or less, his coach told him that, you know, you keep doing your thing and and, and this is going to happen. Uh, more schools are going to enter the mix. He's going to keep, you know, gaining traction on the recruiting trail. And, and that's exactly what happened. So he was saying that, you know, he's, he's blessed to be in the position that he's in. 
uh, but he he works his tail off and, you know, he's confident in his ability. So he's not that surprised in actuality that these offers are coming in. But he also didn't shy away from talking about the significance, right? He said, you know, when you're getting offered by schools like Georgia and, and Texas A&M and Auburn, it's it's hard not to be excited. Um, and, and that's definitely kind of where he's at with with things right now. So that was just kind of wanted to incorporate some of his uh, his thoughts, you know, his own words in, uh, in response to getting these big offers. Um, but these offers obviously mean something as well because um, – you know, he's going to be taking a couple of uh, pretty big trips once, uh, once you know, he gets back out on the road this month now that the recruiting dead period is over and guys can take visits once again, right? Uh, so that's obviously a, a notable a notable update, right? Uh, let me go ahead. I'm just shuffling some elements here on my screen so I can reference my notes. So just bear with me. So yeah, let's talk about some of the visits that he is going to be taking. He has three visits that are locked in right now for the month of April, actually. So we're looking a month ahead, but there's a couple other schools that he could be getting to as soon as this month in March. But the visits that he has locked in right now, he's going to be heading out to Oklahoma on April 3rd, Texas A&M on April 6th, and then the University of Texas on April 7th, hitting the second school there just because he's already in the Lone Star State. So those are three schools that have absolutely proven to be heavy hitters on the recruiting trail in recent years. Um, you know, pretty successful year in year one under Brent Venables at Oklahoma for the Sooners. Really rough year for Jimbo Fisher and the Texas A&M Aggies. But Steve Sarkeesian and the Texas Longhorns continue to be a force to be reckoned with on the recruiting trail, especially with all of the hype around that offense and 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 Steve Sarkeesian really staking his claim as an elite offensive mind in the world of college football. So those are some big visits that he's going to be taking without a doubt. Um, but he's a West Coast guy, so I think that there's definitely still obviously some some good traction for Oregon that I'm going to get into a little bit later in this episode. But there's a couple other Pac-12 schools that uh, Fox Crater is actually planning to visit as uh, as soon as this month in March Crater told me that he's planning to get out to visit USC and UCLA later this month with his mom. So USC with Lincoln Riley and, and Chip Kelly at UCLA, I think that obviously we don't need to kid ourselves. USC is the bigger recruiting threat to the Ducks if we're just looking inside the Pac-12 with what Lincoln Riley was able to do in his first year as head coach for the Trojans, getting them to the Pac-12 title game before losing to Utah for a second time in the 2022 season, but he's, uh, he's definitely obviously going to be a guy that wants to, uh, wants to get involved in this recruitment because I bet he's still a little upset that the ducks were able to land Josh Connolly jr. The number one tackle in 2022 over USC. So maybe he has revenge on his mind uh, on the recruiting trail in 2023. He's definitely one of the better recruiters in the sport and certainly in the PAC 12 now, uh, for at least one more year, right? Since the Trojans are heading to the, the Big Ten in 2024. As for UCLA, you know, they're kind of getting their act together a little bit on the recruiting trail. We saw them flip Dante Moore, five-star quarterback from Oregon in the 2022 class. Will Stein, the new quarterback's coach and offensive coordinator, was able to navigate that with relative ease, signing Austin Novosad from Dripping Springs, Texas, a longtime Baylor commit that flipped his pledge to the Ducks during the early signing period. So, the Ducks have some Pac-12 and some national competition here with Fox Crater. 
There's a couple other big time visits that he's looking to take as well, looking into uh, into the spring. No dates yet, not confirmed, but he did tell me he was looking to get out to Alabama, Georgia, and LSU, some of the biggest schools in the SEC and uh, all schools that uh, can definitely hold their own on the recruiting trail. Brian Kelly had a, a good amount of success at LSU in year one. You know, lost some close games, obviously, but he uh, made sure that the Tigers are staying stacked with talent. Alabama, Nick Saban with the Crimson Tide, not much needs to be said. Georgia with Kirby Smart, uh, you know, back-to-back national championships, guys dominating at the Combine, you know. <laughs> these are things that you don't need me to tell you. Those are some serious contenders in any recruitment that they're going to be entering. So I think that this is obviously big development for, for Oregon, uh, seeing that he's going to be seeing some of these schools. But but Fox Crater is also going to be getting out to Eugene for a return trip with the Ducks probably as soon as this month in March. He was telling me that he wanted to get out to Eugene to meet new offensive line coach Alik Terry, who takes over for Adrian Clem, who took a job with the New England Patriots to coach the offensive line out there in Foxborough. Um, so that's big. He wants to get back to Eugene to meet Alik Terry. The the two have already had a couple of conversations on the phone, and, and he was telling me that you know he reached out. He's put in that effort to show that it's important to him to build that relationship. So Alik Terry is is definitely doing his due diligence, not only recruiting other guys in 2024, but you also have to prioritize the guys that are already in the fold, right? You have to continue recruiting those guys until you get that signature uh, on National Signing Day. Um, and in some cases, as we've seen this offseason, until they arrive on campus. So he wants to get back, Crater does, to Eugene, to meet a league. Terry also mentioned uh, the possibility of two additional trips to Oregon, getting out for a spring football practice. As we know, the Ducks start spring practice later on this month in March before taking a break uh, during spring break and then really ramping things up in April. In case you haven't already listened to or watched the video, uh, I did a recent podcast talking about which redshirt freshmen, those are guys that that played in four or less games for the Ducks in 2022, which redshirt freshmen could break out for Oregon in 2023. Make sure you guys go ahead and give that a listen or a watch if you haven't already got that on the podcast and have that on YouTube as well. So really good that uh, Crater's going to be coming back for a spring practice. And he also said he wanted to come back for the spring game which I think is pretty huge, right? That's You're looking at three possible visits now uh, with these other schools still in the mix, right? So Oregon is still definitely you know, at the forefront of his attention when it comes to the recruiting trail. And you have to keep in mind, the spring game is Oregon's marquee recruiting event every single year. I think you could, you could put Saturday Night Live up there with with uh you know big recruiting events but i think the spring game is really there because is really up there because not only do you have an elite collection of recruiting talent on campus at the same time but you also have the spring game you know you're able to market that product the game day atmosphere at Otson, the intensity on the field you know the promise of uh you know will stein's new offense or the progress under Dan Lanning and Tosh Lapoy in year two on that defense. There's a lot of different elements that you can sell at a spring game versus just a camp like Saturday Night Live. And let's not forget, there's something a little bit special about this year's spring game, and it's because the Elite 11 Regional is coming to Eugene the very next day on April 30th. 
So I think that that is absolutely important for Oregon when you're looking at what the outlook could be here of the impact of the spring game. You're going to have all these recruits that are going to be in town for the spring game, but there's going to be even more recruits potentially that are coming into town for the Elite 11, not just quarterbacks, right? They need somebody to throw to. So we're talking receivers, we're talking tight ends, maybe even some DBs as well. Um, So I think that you have an even bigger potential for a massive recruiting weekend with the Elite 11 coming to Oregon, coming to Eugene for a regional in 2023. That's the day after the spring game. So April 30th, 2023. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. So continuing to dig into the layers here of Fox Crater's recruitment and, and some of the new things. A big development for Fox Crater and, and really for Oregon, but specifically along the offensive line, was Adrian Clem's departure. And and I kind of I was straight up with him. I just asked, you know, I guess this is kind of the elephant in the room, if you want to call it that. But uh, Adrian Clem's not at Oregon anymore. So so how does that kind of impact you? And, and he gave a really insightful answer. Again, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but it was really cool to hear him talk about it. He was saying, you know, it obviously hurt. It was a bummer. I think he's one of the best coaches in the country, whether we're talking offensive line or, or just in general, but it didn't really come as a surprise to him because he had already been in the NFL. So that's going to continue to be a draw. I think that's kind of different for from coach to coach. I was kind of of the opinion when, when these uh, reports were coming out about Clem interviewing, I was thinking, nah, he'll probably, he'll probably stay in Eugene. He was just in the NFL ranks. So why would he come back to college if he didn't love it? But that was just the perfect opportunity. And then obviously a pay raise as well when you go to coach an NFL team. So Crater was saying that it wasn't that much of a surprise. And and also partially because Clem went out to visit him multiple times and and was very uh, transparent and upfront about this opportunity kind of being a real possibility for him. So when Clem did leave and take that job, Crater was saying, you know, it wasn't like a bomb was getting dropped on him. It wasn't like you know, a huge, huge development because he expected it. So I thought that was a really unique perspective and an interesting way to look at it, saying that it hurt. It was a bummer, 
but you know, it's not the end of the world. And, uh, and, and Clem was saying, you know, that was going to happen, but he was also providing some reassurance as far as just Crater's organ commitment. You know, he, he reaffirmed and, you know, uh, you know, re, you know, expressed again that, you know, everything is going to be cool. Uh, I'm really, I'm really, you know, I believe in Dan Lanning and what he's building and that he's going to go out and find the right guy. And then, you know, he obviously did find the right guy. At least it looks like right now, you know, a promising guy. Maybe we shouldn't call him the right guy already because we haven't seen what a Terry can do at Oregon or on the recruiting trail. But um, there's been some positive early return on a Terry. So there's reason to believe that, um, you know, Oregon should be able to hang on to this commitment and, and you know, Crater's going to hear him out. We already talked about all the visits he wants to take to Eugene. So that's good. Terry's putting in the effort to, to build that relationship. But another big thing that's important to think of here, and I think this goes for pretty much any commit or any recruit, maybe that's uncommitted to Oregon, when there's staff turnover, Dan Lanning, and then you could put this at a lot of other programs, but I know for a fact that it happens at Oregon, Dan Lanning is ensuring that any recruit isn't just being recruited by one coach or one recruiting staffer, one person uh, in the personnel department. I was talking to Crater. He said that he he talks to Lanning a lot. Uh, he's obviously talking to Terry. Uh, you know, Kobe Saya was another guy that he talked about having, uh, having you know, communication or relationship with. That's uh, another guy on the recruiting staff at Oregon. So the point I'm making here is that it's, it's never just a, a singular approach. There's always multiple guys that are building these relationships, you know, oftentimes even other uh, position coaches, right? He talked, uh, Crater talked about Joe Lorig because he's one of those guys that, uh, kind of holds down the Oregon, Washington, Northwest area for the Ducks. So the, the really cool quote that I think really sums up a lot about the relationships with, with, uh, Oregon staff and, and where Crater is. Cause I asked him after all this, you know, where are you at with your Oregon commitment? What's the status of it? And he was saying, I'm still solid to Oregon. I'm still good with Oregon. I'm not going to throw away months of recruiting and relationship building just because I got some new offers. But he was also very transparent saying, I'm going to take these visits because I want to make sure that I made the best decision, that committing to Oregon was the best decision for me. And, and you can't knock a guy for that, right? The recruiting process only comes around one time. So why would you not want to make the most of it if you put yourself in the shoes of one of these recruits? That being said, we also kind of progressed in the conversation to talk about official visits. There's no official visits planned right now. I know a lot of top-level guys are uh, announcing their official visit plans. We're starting to kind of get into those waters, seeing that you can start taking those official visits uh, around the June timeline or in, in the summer. But Crater was saying that he plans to take an official visit to Oregon, and he also plans to take all five of his official visits. Um, and then kind of what his plan was is to use these spring visits to some of these really big name schools, right? Like A&M, Oklahoma, Texas, USC, Georgia, Alabama, those schools. He wants to use these spring visits to kind of solidify that official visit schedule. He wants to use these visits to kind of get down to a final five that he wants to focus on and take those official visits to. So I think once that time comes, we'll get a better feel for, where he's at as far as his uh, as far as his future trips go. Um, but the nice thing here again that maybe bears repeating is that geography is very much on Oregon's side here. This isn't a commit that is located across the country or maybe in the south uh, that can get to these schools really easily, but it is a guy that is super, super close to Oregon. I said earlier on in this episode, 
how Fox Crater was at so many, I believe, almost every, if not every, home game for Oregon in 2022. So it's not a hard trip to get him out to Eugene. And uh, you know this Oregon staff is going to go full steam ahead, just trying to you know reassure him and, and you know you know reaffirm that commitment. Uh, like I talked about, Crater mentioned that he's still solid with Oregon, uh, but as it goes with any recruit, whether they're going to whether they're going to take visits to other schools or not, you got to keep recruiting those guys. It's not over once you get that verbal commitment. And it's also another thing that I think is worth worth mentioning. Uh, just where some of the recruiting services stand on Fox Crater, because a lot of people, you know, they, they you know, tend to side with uh, 247. You know, that's the most common one. 247 has him as a four-star prospect, .9080, number 21 offensive tackle, and number five prospect in Washington on the composite. Uh, but one thing that I thought was interesting to see is that on three is is very high on Fox Crater, which I think would, you know, reflect the, uh, increased interest that he's gotten on the recruiting trail uh, on three and the on three consensus has him as the number 72 player in the country, the number nine offensive tackle and the number one player in the state of Washington. And they have him rated as a 93 overall. So just as we're taking in a couple of different recruiting services, that's maybe just shedding a little bit more light on how industry experts feel about Fox crater and, and where he projects obviously has great size at six, six uh, and these recent offers show that, you know, almost everybody in the country is going to get interested in going to be interested in this guy and, and probably wants to get a shot at him before everything is all said and done in this recruitment. I have one other, a couple other notes that I wanted to talk about, uh, in this episode, we've obviously focused on Fox crater. Uh, but I was, I was talking to, uh, talking to someone who's very plugged in in the high school football scene and the recruiting scene, uh, you know, a, a source that I trust. Um, and I was just trying to understand, you know, the, the impact that Adrian Clem's departure had that, uh, Vianne telling my vow vows departure had, you know, he's going to be the new offensive line coach at Stanford. Those were two major, major figures in Oregon's offensive line room in Oregon's efforts on the recruiting trail for the offensive line position. And this source more or less told me that there were a couple of guys that were, essentially ready to hop hop in the fold with coach Clem with with coach V coach Vianne but and you know that's not to say that and I want to make sure I, I'm clear about this I'm not trying to express any doubt in the elite Terry hire I've gone on the podcast and written multiple times saying about how excited uh, I am about the elite Terry hire even though he is so young I do think there's a tremendous amount of upside on the field and on the recruiting trail but you know the loss of Adrian Clem and coach Vianne are, are absolutely notable, not only because of the, the momentum that the ducks have on the field at the offensive line position, but also just on the recruiting trail and, and all the big time guys that they were, you know, really, really, uh, you know, reeling in. And then obviously, obviously recruiting as well, moving forward in the 2024 class. So I don't think that losing these, losing, losing those two coaches will, you know, eliminate Oregon for, as finalists for any big time guys, but it's, it's almost a little bit of a reset, right? You kind of got to, you know, get these new guys in, you have Leek Terry and you have Mike Cavanaugh who was hired as uh, the assistant offensive line coach, 30 plus years of experience coaching the position stops like Oregon state, Syracuse, Nebraska. I love that hire. And I think he's going to really help Leek Terry just hit the ground running and, and step into his own as an offensive line coach. 
Um, but it is a little bit of a reset. You know, you kind of got to rekindle those relationships with those guys. And this is, again, what I was saying. It come, it bears repeating that, you know, Lanning is building relationships with these guys, other people on the staff, other coaches, other recruiting personnel guys are building relationships with these guys already. So those are still there, but you have to get those position, you know, those position relationships, uh, you know, kind of reinvigorated or restarted, you know, rekindle that. Right. So I'm hoping I'm expressing that right. And it's coming off the right way. Cause I'm not trying to criticize anybody, um, Certainly not Adrian Clem and, and Coach Vianne, and then certainly not Alik Terry or Mike Cavanaugh. I'm just trying to kind of paint the picture of what these staff departures and then now staff additions mean for Oregon on the recruiting trail moving forward, recruiting the offensive line position specifically. We've seen Alik Terry send a couple of offers out in uh, in Florida. As we know, he's a Miami native, so I'm really excited about the recruiting upside there in the Sunshine State. That's a one of the hardest states for Oregon to recruit, but they did get Janoris Wilson, the offensive lineman out of Lakeland in the 2023 class. He's already enrolled and on campus. So we talked about Fox Crater, but there are a couple of other big names that Oregon is going after in the 2024 recruiting class, specifically along the offensive line that I think are, are worth a mention, right? Um, there's a couple that I already knew I wanted to talk about, but I'm going to see if I can go on the offer list and check some of these other guys out so that I can, uh, give them some shine and, and, and name them. I think for offensive tackle, um, you know, one of the biggest names, probably the big name to know at offensive tackle for Oregon football recruiting is Brandon Baker. He's ranked the number one offensive tackle in the country out of Santa Ana, California, at modern day high school. He's an Oregon legacy. His older brother played at Oregon um, and he has every school coming after him. Um, I know that uh, Deion Sanders and coach prime offered him recently, uh, but this is a guy who's going to have his pick of any school in, in the country. Um, and then uh, another guy that's probably worth mentioning is his teammate, Deandre Carter. And at modern day, both of these guys are tackles and they both look like, they're college ready right now. I mean, Brandon Baker is listed at 6'5", 285. Um, and I want to say that DeAndre Carter, I'm sorry, he's actually listed as an interior offensive line on 247, 6'4", 340 pounds. So those are some absolutely huge names that you got to know for Oregon football on the recruiting trail on the offensive line. Another big name that has been linked to Oregon for quite a while now uh, is Asendrea Fua who also goes by Papa out of O'Day High School in Seattle, Washington. He's teammates with Jason Brown, one of the top running backs in the 2024 class. He's been to Oregon. Both of those guys have been to Oregon multiple times. But um, Asendria Fua, 6'5", 330. He's got offers spanning coast to coast. He's one of the top guys in the state of Washington. So we know that Oregon is going to continue to try to build off some of this momentum that they've uh, that they've had along the offensive line spot with some of these other guys. Another guy that I just talked to recently was Clackamas offensive lineman, Devin Brooks. He's working from a final three or top three, I should say, excuse me. Devin Brooks is working from a top three of Oregon, USC, and Washington. And he's looking to uh, figure out his official visit for Oregon uh, coming in the, the summer, most likely. He's got official visits locked in to USC and Washington already. And you know, Oregon's going to try to, Oregon's going to get uh, an, uh, an official visit from him, seeing that he is one of the top guys in the state of Oregon and he's capable of being a contributor in their eyes at the next level. 
So we've talked about a lot of really good stuff in this episode. We obviously dove deep into Fox Crater's exploding recruitment or, you know, changing recruitment maybe is a better way to say it because he hasn't received a ton of offers, but the offers that he has received are pretty, pretty big time. And those are schools that any recruit is going to want to listen to um, when, when they're in high school and their recruitment is, is still an ongoing process, you know, so early, uh, not even in their senior seasons just yet. So we covered a lot of really good stuff and, and I'm excited about uh, the direction of Oregon recruiting, especially with guys starting to come out onto visits, probably look for a more in-depth visitor list on ducksdigest.com next weekend is my plan. Um, but as for that, I think that'll do it on this episode. Just a couple of reminders, you guys important to lock in with me on all social media platforms. I am at M sports on both Twitter and Instagram, got the new Instagram rolling. So that name and username is right there on your screen at M sports. And you can find me on YouTube at Oregon football, Max Torres reminder to like comment and subscribe. But with all that being said, I think that'll do it for another episode. Thank you guys so much for your support. Uh, whether you're new here or you are a returning viewer slash listener, Thank you so much for the support. You've been listening to another episode of the Duck's Dish Podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.